Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org slash OC. Open your Bibles and we're going to jump straight into this. The, uh, if you were with us last week, um, I, uh, can I get some water? I don't know what I do with my water. Someone could. I'm going to need it. Um, if you were with us, if you were with us last week, thank you, bro. Give it up for Pastor Jake. Um, last week, we started to to talk about um, the, uh, the the subject, if you like, or the title, if your theme is probably better, of purpose, of us as the people of God walking in the purpose that God has for our life, and. We, uh, we sort of, I, 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 I sort of feel like we sort of stumbled onto, it as, onto that as a topic because we had just finished a little series that we did on perspective. Remember that? The way in which we look at things, that it's not what we see, but it's the way we see it. And we took that, um, we were looking at the story in Second Kings of Elisha and how Elisha prayed over his servant, that servant that he would see. But as we followed the story through, those of you who remember from last week, as we followed it through and we saw the purpose of God or the victory begin to unfold for Elisha and the servant, we, we were tracking that story and, and we actually identified that the victory ended up coming about in the story. Um, but... As odd as it sounds to say in church, but if you can go back and look at it, 2 Kings chapter 6, you see that the victory didn't unfold because necessarily God stepped in. But the victory unfolded because Elisha stepped up. That what was revealed to Elisha in the spirit was shown to him that God was there, but God didn't actually, if you look at the story, he didn't, he didn't really intervene. It was the rest of the story and the victory that came about was led because Elisha began to operate in his purpose for that moment. And so that sort of set us up as a church to begin looking at what it means for us as the people of God to walk in the purposes of God for our life. That I think too often we can find ourselves as the people of God sitting back waiting for God to quote unquote meet our needs and we forget that we have a part to play. That it is so important for us as the people of God to begin to operate in the purposes of God for our life. And we looked at, so then we pivoted a little bit and we began to look at God's purpose for His people that is outlined in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And, and last week we used that as a bit of a framework to identify what it means. What's the point? What's the point of purpose? We talk about it in church so much, but, but what does it mean? We, we often say, I'm trying to find my purpose. If you meet young people, they want, they want you to pray and, and, and help guide them in how to find your purpose. But we discussed last week about how the idea taken from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, where God spoke to Abram regarding the purpose of God for his people, that they would be a people that, is, that, that were blessed, 
that this was their purpose, that these few verses in Genesis are verses that the Jewish people look at and identify as their purpose in life, wrapped up in the promises of God in these few verses. And we began to work our way through it as a little bit of an outline. If you were in a small group this week, you would have gone over it and begin to discuss it more in a little more detail. But what we talked about how the purposes of God are actually, and God's purpose upon our life is not something that we sort of stumble onto. It's not something that we find. It's not an occupation. It's bigger than your gift. It's bigger than who you marry. It's bigger than how many kids you have. It's bigger than where you live. That the purposes of God for your life are actually on you. They're actually in you. They are working for you and they're working through you. And so what that does is that gives us a little introduction as to the depth of what it means to have a purpose from God for your life. That in fact, in Jeremiah chapter one and verse five, we know that he says that before you were even formed in the womb, There was a purpose on your life. That verse even right there says that maybe the purpose of God in the context of the way I've been thinking of it, maybe it's actually bigger than me just finding the right spouse or me just stumbling onto the right occupation. And so I'm setting this up because we're gonna begin going on a little bit of a road or a deeper dive in this week and in next week as well. Because I think this is right now so important for the people of God to understand the purpose of God for their life. There are things, there are things that God wants to do on this earth and He's not not gonna just step in. He's waiting for God's people to step up. That's why when Jesus said to the disciples in regard to how you pray, He said, pray like this. He said, pray, my kingdom come, my will be done. Another way you could could describe that, how do you pray? He's talking about praying in his purpose. Now, if his purpose is just gonna happen, why would he give the disciples instructions to pray it in? It gives us an understanding that there's a mandate upon us as the people of God. There's a responsibility. I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility regarding the purpose of God. I want you to see something in this, that really what we're talking about when it comes to purpose is purpose is not something that I find. It's actually something that I already have. The reminder for us today, and I want you to understand and hear this because this is what I'm going to speak from, is surrounding this thought that God's purpose is something that I must activate in my life. I already have it on me. It's on me. It's in me. It's already been given to me. Jeremiah 1.5 says that it was given to me before I was born. So how do I activate? How do I activate this thing? How do I click this thing into gear? so I can start doing what God has called me to do. Not just what I wanna do, not just my dreams. That's what happened when we get saved. I surrendered my dreams for His purpose. 
So, so what is God? What's the purpose that God has for my life? I promise you, church, this is something that I believe such, I have such an urgency in my heart and spirit for the people of God, for this day, for this time, for this season. There is an assignment of the enemy to stop the people of God operating in their purpose. So we got to do it. So I want you to see something in a story that I want to show you. I'm going to start and first I'm going to use the first couple verses or the first couple words of this, what we've been looking at in Genesis chapter 12. Where God says something to Abram and it's interesting that God says this to Abram before he begins to unfold the purpose that he has for his life that would then in, in turn actually set up a bloodline through Abram that's called the Davidic bloodline that Jesus Christ the Messiah would come through. And God says something to Abram that's really interesting that grabbed my attention. Before he begins to discuss his purpose, as we talked about last week, he actually says this, he gives Abram these instructions and he says, get out of your country. Before he begins to talk to Abram about his purpose, he challenges Abram on his position. This is what I want to talk to us today about in regard to our purpose. And I've sort of entitled it this as a little thought for my sermon. And it's simply this, it's your move. It's your move. Because so often we're looking at God and we want God to do something. But I believe God is looking at His people saying, it's your move. I did my move over 2,000 years ago and it was a big one. It was from heaven to earth to hang on a cross. Now it's time for your move. That we have to understand that my position is so important when it comes to me activating my purpose. That my position actually sets me up for the purpose that God has called me to walk in. For the purpose that is upon my life. That if I can get in the right position, I'll activate my purpose. Let's look real quickly at a story in Scripture. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law. Look at these two words, sitting by. Teachers and Pharisees of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power of God was present to heal them. So let's stop here for a minute and I want you to see this picture because we skip past this story. This is the story for those of you who don't know we're about to read of where four men lower a paralyzed man through the roof. But I want you to see this picture because I'm going to show you a two contrasting positions. I want you to first see this picture of where Jesus is in a house and it says that there are people there, but I want you to notice their physical posture. It says that they were sitting by. If you look at the interpretation of what that means, it means that they were just to put it in in, in layman's terms, they were just sort of hanging out. They were just sort of sitting by. They They weren't necessarily leaning in. They were a little disinterested. 
But then what grabs my attention is the next thing that the story says. And this is where it's astounding. It says that the power of God was present to heal them. So we think about this story as being the power of God was present to heal the man that's about to get lowered through the roof. That's not true because he hasn't entered the scene yet. So here we see an opportunity for some people in a room. If the power of God is present to heal them, it suggests that some of them are sick, but because of their physical posture that I believe represents a state of their heart and a spiritual state that says, we're just gonna sit by. We're not gonna position ourselves. They miss out on their purpose. We don't hear of these men getting healed. People that we hear about getting healed, we know the story and it goes on to say that four men were on their way to the house where they know Jesus was and the house was packed out and they find a man on the side of the road and they pick him up and he needs to get healed and they climb onto the roof and they begin ripping tiles off the roof and they start to lower this man to where Jesus is. I want you to see the two contrasts in two different positions that the first group missed their purpose because of a wrong position. But the second group activated their purpose, their freedom, their healing, their breakthrough, because they made a decision that they were gonna position themselves. A couple of years ago, Caressa messaged me, I was at the office, my wife Caressa, and she messaged me and she said, well, you are, Will you stop by on the way home and pick me up some food? And it was, a, it was a place nearby here, a little burger shop that she likes. And so I'm an obedient husband. So I roll up to the burger place. I park the car and, and I get out and, and I go to walk up to the, to the burger place. And out the front door, there's this huge line of people. People standing out in the line, so I sort of go up and I'm like annoyed, I'm gonna have to wait in line. This place is popular, it's buzzing, it's a whole vibe, right? So I go up to the place and I stand in the line and I'm standing there and you know, I'm standing there for like two minutes and three minutes and three minutes become five minutes, five minutes becomes 10 minutes. And the line's getting little bit by little bit, it's slowly getting, getting shorter. I'm a little bit as time is slowly going on. I'm moving closer to the front, but I'm still a ways away. And as I'm standing there, it gets to about, it must have been maybe 12, 13 minutes. And I'm standing there and, and I'm looking out at the line and, and you know, I'm, I'm just sort of standing there just chilling. And I look up at the counter and above the counter in front of this line, it says a sign and it says place order here. Now you've got to understand, Caressa, when Caressa rang me and Caressa said, I want you to pick up food. She gave me these specific instructions and she said, I've actually already ordered the food and I rang ahead and ordered the food. I've already paid for it. I just need you to pick it up. So here I am, I'm standing in this line and I suddenly realise I have this epiphany that I am standing in a line and I'm actually wrongly positioned. Because as I look above the counter, there's a sign that says place order here. That wouldn't bother me so much if beside it, there wasn't another sign that didn't have anybody standing in front of it. The second sign said pickups only. So now I've been standing in this line for like 12 minutes. Now I've got to do like the walk of shame because everybody's seen that I've been standing there for 12 minutes. Now I've got to get out of that line and walk to the other line. I'm like, hey, sorry. 
silly me. <laughs> but I'm over in the wrong line getting frustrated. But it wasn't the supplier's fault. It had already been prepared. It had already been paid for. I was just wrongly positioned. This is where some of us are so often when it comes to God's purpose for our life. All I had to do was change my position to activate what it was that I wanted. In fact, it had already been done. It had already been assigned to me. But I had to change my position to activate what it was that I wanted to walk in. This is my challenge to us as the people of God is where are you positioned right now? Because there is too many of us. We are being caught sleeping. I think COVID caught the church asleep. Where we've been sleeping, we've been settling for church on Sunday. We've been settling for just rocking a service, doing our thing. And we wonder, COVID hits, the church gets scattered, divided. Now we're bickering. Now we're at one another. And the enemy's just sitting back watching this freak show called The Church that's actually been wrongly positioned. And now we're not walking in our purpose. If we're, if we're not careful to get positioned better, we will miss the purpose God has for us. So my challenge is, what's your position? Are you, are you like these men that were in the house that the Bible says they were sitting by? I don't wanna get caught sitting by when I could be stepping up. I don't want this church, our community, to get caught sitting by when we have a world right now that is lost, dying and broken and they desperately need an answer and the answer is Jesus and it's gonna come through the people of God, but we have to be positioned correctly. I wanna show you in this story real quickly. There's three positions that these men took that set them up for a breakthrough. It's not difficult. We complicate the gospel so much. How do you get position better? How do you get position better? These men, the first thing I want you to see is as being positioned in a position of faith, in a position of faith. It's not a feeling, it's a focus that sets up your position. When we talk about our purpose, we sometimes get caught in this idea that the problems that you face are the biggest threat to the purpose that God has for you. That's, that's how we sort of think. We think, okay, I have a purpose for my life, but the enemy's attacking me and he's stopping my purpose. To summarize, that's where a lot of us get stuck. But what I want you to see and I wanna to put to you is actually not the problem. The problem isn't the threat 
against your purpose. Because there are so many verses throughout Scripture that clearly state that no purpose of God is going to be influenced by some problem from your enemy. You, you have, we, have to be, we, we know that, but, but we have this idea that the problems that I come up against, they're the things that are attacking my purpose. It's actually not. It's the positional shift that your problem causes you to take. I want you to see, it's almost like a little teaching thing here. Because if you, if you think that walking in the purpose of God is gonna mean that you're not gonna have problems, then you're missing it. If you think that, that the purpose of God is gonna be affected by the problems that you face, then your perspective of who your God is and who you are is too limited. You have to understand the only way your problems that you face can hinder your purpose is when your problem causes you to step out of your position. You have to hold the position of faith. So when the problem comes and hits you and the bank account gets dried up or the family starts to fall apart or the kids start going crazy or the business goes bankrupt, you have to maintain your position of faith and not allow your problem to move you from faith to fear. It's not the problem, it's the position that will stop your purpose. That's why we have to have a Position of faith. A position that says, I believe that God is for me. A position that says, I believe God's gonna do it. And you know what? I'm gonna step out in it. Like these men that rolled up, they made a position. They took a position of faith that said, come hell or high water, we're gonna get this joker healed if we have to climb onto the roof and pull the tiles down because I have that much faith in who God is that when we get there, something's gonna happen. It's a position of faith. We have to be reminded that Scripture, we talk so much about a spiritual fight. But if we understand what it really is to fight in the Spirit, and we look at Scripture, and we look at how Paul talks about fighting in the Spirit. He actually doesn't tell us to fight, he tells us to stand. It's taking a stand in faith that says, I'm gonna stay positioned in a revelation of who my God is and listen to me, and what He's told me to do. Because faith without what? Say it like you don't have a mask on. Faith without is dead. I want you to, I want you to remind you of the story of a guy in Scripture called Jehoshaphat. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and verse 17, this dude, listen, you go read it later. This dude had some battles. He had some, some things that were coming up against him. But in 2 verse 17, it actually says this, put it up on the screen. You can read it there, it's in front of you. But he, the Lord speaks to Jehoshaphat through the prophet regarding the battle that he's about to walk into. And he says to Jehoshaphat, this is what I want you to do. This is not just what I want you to believe. 
This is what I want you to believe and step out in. You're going to go into the battle. You're going to walk right into the middle of it. And the Bible says, the Scripture said it's up on that screen. It says that Jehoshaphat is told by God that I want you to, the word is, position yourself. He says, if you will position yourself, you will see the glory of God in this battle. And if you know the story, Jehoshaphat, he's got all of these guys coming against him. They're coming at him from this way, coming at him from that way. Write that verse down. I want you to read it later. You'll look at it in small groups this week. And Jehoshaphat, this joker, he walks out onto the middle of the battlefield. And you know what he does of all things to do? He goes out there and he stands in the middle of the battlefield and he starts to worship his God. It's a good story and we read it and we think, man, that's, man, that's a good Bible story. I want you to listen. I want you to go there with me in a moment. Did you hear what I told you that he did? These guys he's coming up against are killers. This, listen, this is the dumbest strategy to win a battle that you have ever heard of in your life. It doesn't make sense. Why does God, this, this is what, what, what frustrates me and inspires me at the same time about God. Why did God always get people to do dumb things? You ever think about that? Stop and think about, think about some of these stories. It's like, he's, it's like, it's like God's messing with us. Jehoshaphat, go out into the battle. And start singing Sunday school songs. It's like God's up there with the angels saying, watch this, watch this dude. I just, I just told him to go sing. Watch this cat can't even sing. Wait for this, wait for this. You're out of tune, bro. You're out of tune, bro. It's like, Joshua, you're going to come up against battle called Jericho. What should we get him to do, guys? Let's get him, uh, what do you think, Gabriel? Let's get him to do laps. Like run lap? Yeah, let's get him to do laps around the around the wall. All right, let's do that. Samson's coming up against a thousand Philistines. God says to the angels, what should we give him? Sword, spear? Someone yells out, give him a jawbone of a donkey. God's like, who was that? Well, I mean, let's do it. Let's try that. Gideon's going up into battle. Should we give him men? Yeah, let's, don't give him too many. Give him 300. The point I'm trying to make is it's not about the weapon, the strategy. It's not about how many men. It's not about how bizarre the means of victory, what the means of victory is going to come through. Where each one of those ideas is so brilliant and the crazier they are, the more brilliant it is. Because it's not about the weapon is about the faith it takes to step out in it. It wouldn't, listen, it wouldn't take faith if Samson was in the desert and a thousand Philistines came and he walked around the corner and God supernaturally provided an army for him. That wouldn't take faith to win that battle. But it took faith for a dude to pick up a jawbone and look at it thinking, I don't know how the heck this freaking thing's gonna happen. 
but I'm just going to start swinging haymakers and just see if one of these jokers drops. It's the faith. Joshua, they start marching around the wall. Once, I would have bounced after two laps, bro. I would have been like, Jay, what are we doing? Are you kidding me? I'm a fight. I'm not stinking athlete. I'm puffed out, bro. Joshua said, let's keep going. Let's keep believing. I'm trying to get you to see that it's a position of faith. These men said, it's faith without works. These men said, do you believe it? Four of them with a cripple. Do you believe it? Yep, the house is full. How bad do you believe it, bro? One says to the other, he says, what are you thinking? He says, look at that roof. I reckon we could climb up on this thing and we start ripping tiles off. Can you imagine the paralytic guy? He overhears that conversation. He's like, what? It's like, I can't even walk, bro. You're gonna loan me through the roof? They're like, shut up. Just do what we're telling you. It's the position of faith. That's what the enemy wants. You've got to hold your ground. Despite the problem, you've got to keep believing. It'll keep your position strong. We're not called to fight, we're called to stand. Some of you just thought, well, doesn't the Bible say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? The key word is wrestle, not fight. When it says wrestle, it's talking about ancient Greco-Roman wrestling where they would draw a line, a circle on the ground and two men would wrestle. And the idea was to pull one man out of the circle, to take him out of position. We've got to hold our ground as a position of faith. I want you to see the other thing in this story. The other thing in this story that these men, as these men start to start to lower him down, look, look at what they're dependent upon. They're dependent upon God's grace to heal in the moment. Paul was somebody in Scripture. If you look at Ephesians, and I'm gonna finish soon, I promise, and we'll pick it up next week. If you look at Ephesians, you see all the way through Ephesians, In fact, right at the start of Ephesians, Paul says this. He actually begins the first 12 verses of Ephesians. Where is it? I can't even find someone's ripped Ephesians out of my, but here we go. Paul, he speaks of our position as being in Christ. In fact, he says that about eight times in the first 12 verses of Ephesians. He introduces himself, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You know Paul knew what it was to walk in the grace of God. We know that because we know that Paul, if you know your Bible, Paul wasn't always Paul. Paul used to be Saul. So this joker knows what it is to stand firm in the grace of God, knowing that he didn't deserve to be there. 
I think that's why he had this revelation of what it was to be in Him, in Jesus, in Christ. Because Paul knew, if I try and do this in me, I'm going to fall apart because I'm a screw up. But my God is not. So he's reminding us all through Ephesians, you've got to stay in Him. In Him. In Him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us, where did He choose us? In Him. Before the foundation of the world. Verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood. Verse 10, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, where? In Him. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him. I'm trying to outline for you real quickly the importance of having a position of faith and a position of grace. Let me tell you this, you don't deserve the purpose that God has for your life. None of us do. When I went to that, that store to pick up that burger and I changed lines, I realised I'm in the wrong line here. I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to get out of this line. I've got to reposition myself. So I went to where I was supposed to be. I went to the line that said, pickups only, pickups only. And I walked up to the front and I said to the lady, I've got a, uh, I've got a pickup. And she said, what's the name? And I said, the name's Ben. And so she's behind the computer and so she starts typing. She's like this. Do you ever feel like they're doing so much more work on the other side of the computer than they need to be doing? I mean, it's Ben, it's only three letters. Like just do B-E-N, see what comes up. Could be me, you know. She's like this. She looks up at me and she says, I'm sorry, I don't have an order under Ben. And I'm like, oh dear Lord. I said, please, can you look again? I was very polite. Because you have to be, because I'm a pastor. <laughs> I said, can you look again? She types again. She says, I don't have an order under Ben. And then suddenly it clicked. I didn't put the order in. So the order wouldn't be under my name. It would be under the name of the person that paid the price for it. So some of us, are trying to access a purpose or activate a purpose on our life using our name, using our right, using our gift, trying to earn it, trying to strive for it. You can't do it. You cannot work, walk in your purpose or activate your purpose based on your name because you never pay the price so that you could have that purpose. You have to access it in the name that's higher than any other name, the name of the Jesus that went before you that paid a price that only God Himself could pay to set you up through the blood and grace of Jesus Christ to walk in the purpose that He has for you. Can't do it in your name. I love thinking of Paul writing Ephesians. 
and I'm going to fi- finish. I love thinking of that because I like thinking. I, I don't think he wrote it start to finish. I think he kept stopping and just thanking God in a prison that he's Paul and no longer Saul. I think that's why he kept writing over and over in him, in him, in him. Because if I get out of him and start to get in me, I I realize how messed up I am. I feel like that's what Paul was doing in him, in him. If you get outside of him, you'll start feeling like you cannot do it in your own strength. And that's great because you can't. But you've got to stay in him to access the power of God that will activate the purpose of God for your life. You have to stay in him by the blood and by the grace of the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's in him. It's in him. It's not... And the last one, I know where I'm going to finish. The last one I want you to write down real quickly. It's a position of faith, a position of grace. And lastly, it's a position of surrender. The biggest mistake you can make when it comes to trying to activate the purpose of God is to start to think that it's your purpose and not His. How do I activate my purpose? You don't. It's not your purpose. It's His purpose. So we have to let it all go. We spend our life scrambling, trying to, I've got this dream and I've got that dream and I wrote this storyboard and I've had this written above my bed and I believe for that, pray for that. You know what? You've got to let it all go. What did the men do when they lowered Him down? I'm going to finish. They got a rope. And it says they tie the rope and they stick this dude on the rope and they bust through the roof and then they start to just lower it down. How do you lower it? Every time you lower it in order to get it closer to Jesus. You got to let it go. And then what's so good about this is you don't just let it go once. You let it go once, you'll just stay where you are. The more times you let it go, the closer you are to activating your purpose. So when I want to pick up things and make them about me. I've got to let it go. When I get a dream in my heart to do something, I've got to let it go. When I go through challenges and I go through trials and I'm trying to walk them through in my own strength, I've got to let it go. When I feel like I'm being overwhelmed and the enemy's reminding me of all the mistakes I've made and how I can't do it in my own strength, I've got to let it go. We have to remember that it's not our purpose, and I'm going to close, but it's His. Ephesians 1.11 In Him also we have obtained our inheritance being predestined, which means decided beforehand according to the purpose of Him who works 
all things according to the counsel of whose will? His will. Say it out loud. Whose will? He works all things according to His will. Not my will, not my plans, not my purpose, His. How do I activate the purpose of God for my life? Is I've got to position myself. It's a position of faith, a position of grace, and a position of surrender. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.